Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, presented by Conserve the Wild, your destination for an unfiltered look at conservation. Now, let's get wild. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Conservation Unfiltered. It's presented by Conserve the Wild. You can follow all our exploits on conservewild.org and our social media sites, Twitter and Instagram. Find us there. Give us a good follow. Uh, We try to take you along on our journey through uh, conservation efforts every single year. Uh, This is episode number three, and today we're going to be talking about activities you can do in spring. Uh, Unfortunately, my co-host Talon isn't going to be able to join me today, uh, but don't worry. I'll uh, give you some what I think are some real good tips Uh, on some things you can be doing uh, once this weather breaks. Uh, As you're listening to this, as this is released, uh, I know here in southwestern Pennsylvania the weather's already broken for us. Uh, They're looking at, uh, we are looking at uh, some 50 and 60 degree temperature days uh, coming up and so far just rain at night. Uh, So that leaves all those wonderful uh, daylight hours to be able to get these spring activities in. And couple that with the wonderful or dreaded, depending on how you look at it, uh, spring forward daylight savings time that we have uh, that we have now just undergone here in Pennsylvania and the vast majority of this country. And uh, you get that extra hour of daylight now after work. So that is something that's going to help for things you can do on your on your daily routine. Uh, you know, after work, getting outside, really starting to uh, enjoy the outdoors. I think like you're listening to this podcast you probably are enjoying the outdoors uh, so that extra hour definitely helps i know i'll be doing uh, many of these things i'm about to talk about after work uh, before my wife gets off work so uh, there's a, a good opportunity there uh, so here in in southwestern and western pennsylvania we have uh, we have our own little weather prophet uh, that some other communities have tried to uh, replicate not nearly as successfully as us but we have punxsutawney phil uh, the wonderful groundhog that uh, every year tells us whether we're going to have an early spring or not. And this year he did say that we have uh, are going to have an early spring. Um, as soon as he said that, uh, I would think most people would say that the weather got worse. Uh, but now, like I said, the weather seems breaking and, and everything that I'm seeing, it's supposed to really stay this way, nice and warm and very spring-like weather. So uh, let's hope that he is right and we do end up with uh, that true sort of early spring. It's only early by about a week or two, but uh, I'll take that extra week or two uh, any year that I can. Uh, so here's here's the question. What are you going to do with that time? Uh, how are you going to spend it outdoors? Uh, you know, I'm sure we're all sort of itching to get out of the house and uh, you know, I mean, I've been outside uh, in the winter. I mean, we all have, and I've done some activities out there. But uh, these these new activities, it's not quite as cold, so it's a little more comfortable, and you don't have to contend with snow and ice and, and things like that. So it makes uh, makes it a little more accessible for uh, the average person. So what I one of the activities that uh, that I know I'll be doing here starting in the spring, and then it'll really pick up in the summer. Uh, is just just hiking Uh, being able to get out on some some nice trails and just doing some good hiking I think that's wonderful exercise Uh, I know it's 
uh, a great way for me to get some exercise when you don't even know that you're getting it. And uh, the problem we have here in Pennsylvania is there's not a ton of well-known trails, uh, especially in western Pennsylvania. So uh, even if you are in an area where there's some well-known trails uh, around the Appalachians out west in the Rockies, I still recommend that you download. I download this app, and I love it, so I recommend that you download uh, the All Trails app. Uh, you, they do have a paid version. Uh, I just took the free one. Uh, but the nice thing about it is that it tells you what trails are around you. And it's, uh, you can turn it on, you can track, uh, turn on the tracking feature, and it will actually track you with GPS so you can see how far you went, the elevation change, uh, and that way also you can look at and make sure you stay on that trail. Uh, some of the trails that we do have around here that are on that app, uh, they're not necessarily the most well marked or the best maintained. Uh, so because of that, it can be very easy to get off the trail. Uh, so we want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're safe with what you're doing. Uh, so I like to use that trail app. Uh, I use it when I'm uh, small game hunting as well, uh, just to see exactly where I went, how long I was hunting. Uh, also, you know, uh, how far I walk, things like that. So I can sort of prove to my wife why I am tired whenever, whenever I'm done small game hunting. Uh, typically I'm putting on a couple miles. Uh, and it explains, you know, a little bit too of why my dogs are so tired when we're done. If I'm putting on a mile and a half or two miles, small game hunting, uh, especially with the with bird hunting, and I take the dogs, they're probably putting on closer to three or four just because they run around, uh, you know, they're running circles around me. Uh, but the big thing is we want to be safe. Uh, so you want to make sure that you plan accordingly, right? Uh, so we want to make sure we're taking some supplies with us. Uh, we want to uh, make sure we have water. We want to make sure we have some snacks, uh, maybe even some survival supplies, a uh, space blanket, lighter and matches. Uh, some basic medical supplies and you know most of the trails around here they're not uh, where I live they're not you know in the middle of nowhere but uh, you know you step wrong uh, you, you slip and you fall break an ankle break a leg things like that it can take just a, a nice little jaunt in the woods uh, and turn it into a really really hairy situation uh, oftentimes you know I'm taking my cell phone with us. We're all taking our cell phones with us. Uh, but oftentimes there's not always the best service in some of these areas where these trails are. Uh, so being able to call out might not necessarily uh, be an option. So we want to make sure we have supplies. Uh, bad weather might move in and we might have to hunker down uh, you know, for a couple hours and then it gets dark. Uh, obviously you want to take a flashlight, things like that. Um, but we just want to make sure that, that we're safe out there. So your best bet is to go with someone else. Uh, you know, take someone with you. Uh, one, you're exper you're you know exposing that to someone else, so uh, it makes the experience better whenever you can take someone else out with you to experience the outdoors. Uh, but sometimes that's obviously not always an option. So uh, my wife and I have very different work schedules. Oftentimes she's working well into the evening. I get off work as a teacher around three o'clock. So if I decide to go out uh, hiking or, or into the woods. You know, I'm not going to be able to take her with me. So at the very least, you need to make sure you tell someone uh, where you're going, uh, how far you, you know, once you get on trail, how far you plan to hike in, which is where that uh, All Trails app really helps, especially if it's a trail you've never been on. You can sort of see how far uh, in you are. And also when you're leaving and when you plan to be back. That way, when you don't show up and they can't get a hold of you, if there happens to be an emergency, uh, they can notify the people that need to be notified so that 
rescue missions, things like that, just to make sure you're okay. Uh, watching the, the Northern Laws, uh, Northern North Woods Law episodes on the Animal Planet. Uh, seems like just about uh, every other episode they have some sort of trail rescuing mission or boat rescuing mission type deal uh, where you know someone just gets stuck and they don't have the the supplies they need they don't you know people don't know where they are uh, we want to make sure that doesn't happen to us another thing that I'm going to be doing this spring uh, and this is something that that I've been doing my family's been doing uh, for the last probably six or seven years and that's a lot of habitat work uh, you know the the idea of giving back to the outdoors uh, we take so much from the outdoors even just in experience uh, we want to make sure that we also give back uh, so we'll be doing a lot of that habitat work on the property that our cabin sits on we have 70 acres so we have plenty of room to do that uh, we'll be planting trees uh, we'll be definitely doing some uh, prepping of food plots so that we can feed wildlife uh, not just deer I mean that's the uh, initial goal for us but uh, it's amazing to see, you know, the turkeys and the squirrels and, and songbirds and uh, rabbits come in and, and they get the feed as well. Uh, we'll also do some native grass plantings. And this, this part sort of goes in with uh, planting trees as well. Uh, we want to make sure whatever trees we're planting, now, I'm never, it's very hard for me to be mad at someone for planting a tree. But I do ask that if anyone, especially any of you, plant a tree please make it a native tree for your area uh, there are a lot of nice beautiful orient uh, ornamental trees uh, at these landscape places that people are playing in the yards and I know that's if you're playing in the woods you're probably not gonna plant this beautiful tree that's not the purpose for it but even when it comes to planting trees in your yards planting these beautiful trees if they're not native they can be very very invasive uh, so we have that issue with uh, Bartlett pears uh, around the East Coast. A lot of people plant this beautiful uh, ornamental Bartlett tr uh, pear tree in their yards. Uh, the problem is when it produces its little pear, it's very hard and uh, animals don't really like to eat it. Uh, the problem then comes in that birds are taking uh, these basically little pears into the woods. They can't eat them, they drop them. Next thing you know, uh, you have an invasive species of pears that's not native to that area propagating in the woods uh, and it can happen very very quickly uh, so you want to make sure that when we're doing our plantings that we're planting things that are native uh, and with those native grass plantings you know we're also going to be planting some wildflowers as well and it's the same thing there you want to make sure it's not uh, an invasive species of flower uh, in your area Honey Nut Cheerios just did, you know, uh, last year, uh, did a wonderful thing. You know, they're, they're seeing that honeybees are, are on the decline, so planting wildflowers help uh, give them more uh, opportunity to get the pollen they need to help sustain populations, which is wonderful. So uh, they started saying, hey, send in, and we will send you a free packet of wildflowers. The, and the wildflowers that, that were included in there were great. They were really good for honeybees. The problem with that is that, in some states, some of those uh, seeds that were in there were actually invasive, invasive species. So you want to make sure you're just check and see what is, you know what is in the mix for wildflowers, and just check and you know double check, make sure none of those are invasive species in your area. Uh, we just finished our first frost seeding up at camp, uh, up at our cabin as well. Uh, so frost seeding is a great way to uh, sort of check your seeding rate. 
Uh, it's also a great way to, with very minimal effort, to be able to sort of replant some things. So uh, we plant a lot of clover and chicory, uh, especially on our access roads where we take our side-by-side -side, uh, to be able to do more habitat work. Uh, we plant that so that the wildlife can eat that. Uh, it also helps keep from, from runoff and erosion and things like that. Uh, so the one way to really do, because we have a lot, we have some long roads, the one way to really make sure uh, that we don't have to put a ton of effort in, but something that is hardy like clover and, and chicory can grow, uh, we'll do some frost seeding. So what you're doing is you're basically uh, seeding during the day uh, at whenever the temperatures are right for the ground to slightly freeze uh, just enough that uh, the top layer freezes and then in, during the day it melts but if you've ever noticed whenever the ground freezes a lot of time that moisture sort of shoots up uh, and freezes uh, so what it does is actually draws it into the soil naturally on its own uh, you're going to need the seed a little bit heavy when you do that a little heavier than you normally would just because you're going to have some loss with birds and uh, poor germination rates um, but you know for the areas where it's either hard to get equipment into or uh, places where you don't necessarily have a ton of time to get some seed in the ground, uh, that's definitely a nice, easy way to do it. There's a slight layer of snow, uh, which we just had on our cabin. Uh, it provides a, a great visualization to see how much seed is actually going down. So you're not too much overseeding, you're not underseeding. Uh, it sort of gives you an idea of for us, we're using a hand seeder most times, so we're able to sort of gauge how fast we're walking then and see how fast we need to walk whenever we're doing the seeding. Uh, and the last thing that we're going to be doing as far as habitat work is concerned here in the spring is uh, removal of undesirable trees or invasive species that are on our property. Uh, we have a lot of multiflora rows uh, in some patches of our property, and that uh, is something that will really drown out a lot of very beneficial shrubs and trees and uh, native grasses that the wildlife need to survive uh, and it's something that is very very invasive so we'll be using some herbicides and we'll be digging some out uh, as best as we can to try to remove those so that it doesn't get totally out of control uh, we'll also be looking at, at some of the trees walking around uh, and identifying what trees we want to keep what trees we don't and taking out ones that uh, really don't provide a high quality of food or cover for our property so on our property that's a lot of birch trees uh, while the deer eat some of the buds uh, for the most part they don't like them nearly as much as as the oaks and the maples so uh, we will take those out not to mention uh, it will also uh, birch trees also have a very low return on investment when it comes to timber as well so we'll be taking uh, some of those out uh, they propagate so quickly compared to the oaks and the maples. So uh, we will try to take the, as many birch trees out as we can so that it allows for more oaks and maples and, and elms and uh, hickory trees to sort of grow it on our property. Another thing you can do if you're not into or don't have the ability to get out and do habitat work, you know, you don't have the property uh, to do that, uh, or you're just looking to just sort of spend some time outside, sort of akin to the hiking, is uh, you can actually go burning. Uh, so going outside, and, and this is a wonderful time because a lot of species of birds are starting to come back to areas where it's cold all winter. I know uh, robins are starting, we're starting to see a whole lot more robins in, in our area. Uh, blue jays, things like that, they're starting to come back and have bigger numbers. So you can go on nice birding tours. Uh, I know our local Audubon Society 
uh, actually does sort of like a, a birding tour hike uh, around our area and they're more focused uh, for the most part on birds of prey but they'll stop and show you and explain uh, all these different birds uh, it's something that i plan on attending this year uh, it it's a great opportunity to to learn about the wildlife that's out there and see things that you would probably normally overlook uh, you want to make sure uh, with the birding or the hiking uh, that when you're going out that take a real camera don't just take your phone your phone takes wonderful pictures, uh, but for a lot of times these, these birds and whenever you want to take pictures on a hike, you want to zoom in really nice. So uh, either buy or borrow a real nice DSLR camera so that you can get those real high quality pictures uh, that you can then share with other people. Okay. It's also a good idea to take binoculars as well uh, just to give us a, a little better uh, ability to see what we really want to see if it's uh, a little bit farther away. Uh, and that could even be just 50 yards away. Uh, you can see a whole lot more detail when you're looking through binoculars. You also want to make sure that you check out your uh, Game Commission or uh, DCNR and see what they have available as far as being able to get out and, and helping. Uh, uh, not helping, but get out and be involved in, in the outdoors. Uh, our local Game Commission, the, the PA Game Commission, they have some... Uh, what they're calling cabin fever Sundays, uh, and they're every uh, they're once a month, uh, typically the second week, uh, second Sunday of every month. Uh, they have uh, some sort of seminar or something to be able to sort of learn about uh, the outdoors and and wildlife and things like that. So uh, on March fourteenth, actually this uh, Sunday after this podcast is released, uh, the PA Game Commission is going to be putting on a winter tree identification seminar. Uh, it's in there. It's at their headquarters in Harrisburg. Uh, while I won't be able to attend, uh, it is definitely something that if I would be, if I could swing it, I would definitely head out that way for that. Uh, to be able to identify trees in the winter is definitely uh, tougher than it is in the spring and summer, uh, or even the fall when they don't have the leaves. Uh, so that's something that can really sort of help hone your skills. Uh, if you can't make it to something like that, if you can't make it to this one, uh, I recommend. Uh, buy their books out there for every state to be able to identify uh, natural and uh, native and naturalized trees that are that are around the state and I highly recommend buying uh, one of those so that you can identify and see exactly what tree it is you're looking for especially if you're looking into starting to take some undesirable trees off your property uh, also I want to let you know that April 14th uh, the uh, Pennsylvania Game Commission again it, at their headquarters in Harrisburg is going to do sort of a behind-the-scenes look of their documentary, Return of the Piping Clover. Uh, I've It's something that would be really cool to sort of see how they went about making this documentary and how we sort of got this return of this uh, threatened, and, uh, threatened species of, of, of beach bird, uh, for lack of a better term. So uh, that's another opportunity. Uh, you can go on their website. Uh, search them on Google, go on their website, and see exactly when these seminars are. Try to get there. It's a great way to get out of the house. I know it's not necessarily outside, outside, uh, but at least you can uh, at least be thinking about the outdoors. And if you don't live in Pennsylvania or don't, or you live closer to another different state line, uh, check the DCNR uh, for that state. Uh, they A lot of these states have uh, very similar uh, type of programs out there. 
another thing you can do is you can go you can go fishing. <laughs> fishing is not something that I personally do. Uh, Talon's getting back into it, so we'll talk more in depth about fishing once uh, we get Talon back on board. But uh, I did see that uh, trout stocking uh, of creeks and streams and and some lakes in uh, Pennsylvania have already started uh, taking place. Uh, there's going to be uh, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of trout that are going to be stocked uh, and it's a great way to really spend time with family uh, young kids uh, even just if you go by yourself uh, just to sort of relax and, and reconnect uh, in Pennsylvania in southeastern Pennsylvania the opening for trout season is uh, March 30th and then statewide it'll be April 13th so uh, I'm sure many many people uh, will be rushing to those creeks and streams and, and trying to catch their daily limit of trout, which honestly, I don't blame them. Okay. Uh, the last two things that I'm going to be doing are shed hunting and stand site adjustments on our property. So from a hunting perspective, uh, we will be doing some shed hunting. Uh, I will be doing that this week. Uh, I'll be doing it over the weekend. I'll be doing that over the next couple weekends on a couple different properties I have. Uh, I, so far, this will be uh, the fourth year that I've gone shed hunting. Uh, I've only been able to find two, so two sheds so far. Um, but I feel like every year I get a little bit closer of, of understanding where these sheds might be. So uh, I'm hoping to sort of uh, help maybe get a couple more this year uh, to really sort of start honing my skills. We'll get in more depth into more depth with that with Talon uh, in an upcoming upcoming episode here very 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 shortly. And that other thing I'm going to do is stand site adjustments. So those stands that, that uh, if you're an archery hunter, or even if you're a rifle hunter, those stands that you hung last year, uh, if it's on public property, you got to, those stands should already be down. Uh, you know, I think you only have 30 days after the end of the season. But uh, if it's on private property, obviously you can leave them up all the time. Uh, you know, it's private property, so you do what you want uh, or whatever that landowner decides uh, you're allowed to do. But you definitely want to make some adjustments. Uh, you want to maybe take some down uh, or and move them, uh, depending, you know, think back. How did the uh, deer move the year before, uh, you know, when in hunting season? Do you need to move a stand? Do you need to add a stand? Uh, you know, do you just need to abandon this uh, this particular stand site? Uh, regardless of whether you take them down or not, uh, even if you decide, hey, this is a great stand, uh, maybe you shot a deer out of it the last year, which is great. Congratulations. Uh, but you still want to make sure that at very bare minimum you loosen those straps. Uh, if you keep the straps tight on that tree and that tree decides to start growing, it's going to start growing around those straps. It can either snap the strap uh, just make it, or uh, start to fray them. Uh, it's really not safe. I highly recommend you take down all your stands completely uh, just because squirrels, chipmunks, uh, can start to sort of eat at those straps for some reason. They love chewing on that, that strap fabric, uh, and that can make it very dangerous whenever you go to get back into that stand. But if you do decide, if you decide, hey, I don't have time, I can't take them all down, you've got to climb up uh, safely with your harness on, with your lineman's belt, uh, if not a, a lifeline, and you got to at least loosen those straps to make sure uh, that the tree has room to grow. Okay. Um, even if, even, you know, whether you take it down or you leave it up, if you're going to keep that site for the next year, this is a great time also right now to start to trim some shooting lanes that uh, you may need to trim. Uh, you know, it's before the growth. 
that way the deer get a little extra time to get used to it. Uh, I also recommend going back in, you know, in late summer and just cleaning up a little bit of the new growth. But you got to be careful then because with the leaves on the trees, the it feels like all the trees are closer uh, to you than they are and that you can't see as much as you can uh, whenever the leaves are gone. So now is a great time to do that. It's very uh it's very much less invasive than doing it during hunting season or right before uh, and it has since there's no leaves on the trees it gives you an idea of what you're actually able to see once those leaves fall down uh, and another thing that I'm going to be going uh, through and doing uh, this upcoming weekend actually is I'm going to be clearing some debris on my entrance and exit routes so how I get to each stand site I'm just going to be taking a leaf blower and, um, and a rake and I'm going to be clearing any debris that has that has fallen in the way. Uh, I know of one stand site. I'm actually going to need a chainsaw because uh, a tree fell. I want to clear that that area. Also, we're going to cut it up for some firewood. But uh, we want to make sure that that we get all the debris off that we can. That's just to give you a little bit more of a quieter entrance uh, in the morning or whenever you're approaching that stand and a quieter exit. So we're not disturbing as many deer. Uh, you're gonna have to do this again uh, before the season uh, but now's a good time to do it to get the worst of it off as we all know if there's leaves down as they get wet and all that stuff just the longer they sit there they're harder to remove so it's definitely gonna make it a little bit easier later whenever you do it now uh, it's also a good time with that food plot prep that you remove a bunch of debris off of that now as well get those leaves off uh, especially if you have acidic soil already uh, or it's sort of on that borderline those leaves especially from from oak trees uh, they are a little bit acidic in the pH, so we want to make sure we get those off of our food plot. The less uh, leaves that get mixed in with that dirt and get broken down that dirt, the uh, better chances you have of keeping that good neutral pH that we're looking for for most of our species. So just a couple options to get out there. Shed hunt, fish, make adjustments to your stand site. Uh, find out what uh, your DCNR has available for you as far as to try to get outside, uh, find birds, take hikes, uh, go on those trails, do habitat work. All that stuff is going to make it a lot easier for you to really just enjoy the outdoors. There's so many options out there. We want to try to you know mix it up a little bit. I know uh, I get a little bit sick of doing habitat work after about the third or fourth week of doing it, uh, three or four days. Uh, each of those weeks so break it up it's not it doesn't always have to be work doesn't always have to be uh, something that is improving the land sometimes it's just about enjoying it let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners SOS gear SOS Gear is based in Montana and run by Chelsea, and she makes some great products out of paracord. Right now I'm holding a belt Chelsea made me just a couple weeks ago. This belt is absolutely gorgeous. I went with the black and black camo, but that's not even the best part. My father's been wearing the same style belt for a year, and it looks brand new. Other people I've talked to have worn their belts without any rips or frays for two, three, and even five years. There's a wide range of colors you can pick from, so you can make your own statement. Check out some of her products she's made over at her Instagram, SOSGearMT, or her Twitter, at SOSGearMT. You can order a belt of your own at SOSGearMT.com. That's SOSGearMT.com.
that'll do it for our episode today. I hope you enjoyed. I hope this really gets you excited uh, to get back outdoors and start enjoying what the outdoors have to offer. I know I am itching hard to get outside in some nice weather whenever there's not snow and ice and, and cold all around me. i got to be bundled up in all kinds of layers. Uh, one more thing to ask you, if you could, please, please uh, subscribe. Uh, leave a rating and a review. It will definitely help us to uh, be able to talk to more people, get more people out there. Uh, we are now approved for the uh, Apple podcast uh, app and through the Stitcher app. So uh, that will make it a little bit easier, for, I think, for some of you to listen to this. You don't have to go right to our website uh, to be able to listen to the podcast. So please subscribe. Uh, leave that rating and review. That will definitely help us out. Uh, also, if you want to talk to us, want to get in touch with us, uh, drop us a, a, an email. Uh, go to our website, hit that contact page, drop us an email. Uh, you can always talk to us as well on Twitter, at conserve underscore wild, or on Instagram, conserve the wild. Uh, that way we can really get a good conversation going, and uh, who knows, maybe uh, we'll talk about what we were talking about uh, what you have to talk about on one of the upcoming episodes of this podcast. And so uh, the weather's breaking. Get outside, get outdoors, enjoy it. And as always, stay wild. <laughs>